Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. I'm John Ryan, and this is Pod Roast. This week, a double bill of podcasts about the Royals. With still nothing but an excruciating three-minute trailer and one 34-minute package coming out of the Archwell audio tie-up with Spotify, we need our fix somewhere. It starts with a super-compressed version of the National Anthem, along with what American ears might think is a deeply English welcome. Hear ye, hear ye. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royal. Before a jump cut into some alarming gunfire and a serviceman asking for three cheers for the Queen against a few bars of land of hope and glory. Subtle this ain't. Well, come back to Royally Obsessed, says Rachel, modelled on Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. And I'm Roberta, says her co-host. It's Fiorito and Bowie, respectively, by the way. Why this surname dropping thing again? Only Madonna and Cher get to do that. Not two-bit hacks for powwow, like you guys. Note, too, the use of Welcome Back, which automatically excludes you if, like me, you're joining this enterprise at episode 187. Seriously, they've already squeezed 186 episodes out of this shtick, which could be why they sound so utterly delighted with themselves. Giggly and excitable and demanding, it's 33 seconds in before we're told to follow them on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating of five, or email them. Even when Black Mirror satirised the desperation for ratings in these times, it was slightly old hat. Now even something the Queen Mother would have worn to the Derby would have lapped it for millinery fashion. The takeout being, ask me to rate you and follow you and love me once you've proved to me why I should. There's nothing more valuable to you as a podcaster than my devotion. I mean, all of us listeners, not mine in particular. Uh, And that has to be earned, not demanded. Even then, we're not at the meat of this podcast. There's one of my favourite unfavourites, a holy masturbatory chat about the kind of week the hosts have had. It's not even well edited with lots of talking over. One of them's been to Maine for a weekend and read some Harry Potter. They talk about something they've watched on TV and say, oh my gosh, a lot. That deity avoiding nothing phrase loved by Yank broadcasters. Finally, at 2.30, they tease the content with the slightly dispiriting suggestion that it's a pretty light royals week as they're still on vacation at balmoral but they will have something on harry playing polo for charity of course an interesting update on archie and some royal history about margaret all of which leaves me cold especially when i'm told in the next two weeks we'll have two special guests oh but this episode is great also they tell me Hmm. i'll be the judge of that Before any of that content, there's a gale of self-satisfied giggles and a jingle introducing a royal cocktail when they talk about what they're drinking. On this occasion, it's red wine. They're not even more specific about what red wine. 
This is where they read some emails from listeners. One of them admires the Duchess of Sussex for using her 40th birthday to encourage others to mentor those seeking to re-enter the workforce. The emailer makes the connection between the Sussexes being an everlasting punching bag versus the treatment of Prince Andrew by the press which ordinarily would be an interesting handbrake turn into an uncharted area, but it's just kind of skated over by our royalist hosts. They also superfluously tell me this emailer emailed a couple of weeks ago about something else. That's irrelevant, really, and suggests, whether it's true or not, that they're hardly snowed under with usable contributions. So why mention it? Marley also emails and says she wants longer episodes of Royally Obsessed, 50 to 60 minutes for those of us with long commutes or desk jobs. Jeez, Marley. Then she hurtles straight into her thought that Andrew is 100% guilty and he should be made the example. Oof. They speculate about the Queen telling the paparazzi not to shoot family members at the Scottish castle and about whether a Balmoral meeting of minds took place about the Andrew situation. But it's all mindless speculation, and there's quite a lot of that. At least this bobs along quite quickly, even if it does the Audio 101 never do, of telling us now it's time for this week in royal history, before a jingle tells us exactly the same thing. The subject is the birth of Margaret this week. They talk about her nickname Margot, the abdication, and about how apparently the modern idea of checking horoscopes came from the press using an astrological angle randomly to report on Margaret's birth. But generally, this is like a speak-and-spell Wikipedia. Next, a gushing review of Harry playing polo in Aspen. He parts £3 million from rich Americans for African children for his mum's charity, adds a million and a half of his own, and still wears a mask publicly as he leaves. As they vamp on about this, what little structure there is soon unravels, and it becomes that podcast staple of two people talking to each other about something with not quite enough research having gone on beforehand or editing afterwards. There is a glimmer of light at one point when they mine Mail Online and compare coverage of Kate and Meghan. So this isn't just a royal jizz fest. They do criticise too. They repeat the criticism of eco-warrior Harry taking a private jet from the polo, for example. But you get the sense they're more bothered about Andrew hopping on board a few SUVs. The AirPod from ABC News is altogether more full fat, that's air, H-E-I-R, even if the last episode dropped in July. Their royal contributor, Omid Scobie, has a name like an anagram, but an engaging enough style, and he is at least British, which feels like a step up from the Royally Obsessed podcast. Some generic downtony type music before Omid says, Hello everyone, listen to previous editions to hear how much I hate that, and he also welcomes me back. He's in London, and with the wonderful Maggie Rooley, who's ABC's foreign correspondent. That's his use of wonderful, not mine. They're just back from the unveiling of the terrible Diana statue, and promise us loads on that. But Omid starts, Before that, I feel like there's some royal news to get through this week, before inexplicably turning into a giggling schoolgirl with Maggie. It's like they've had one too many porn star martinis in some provincial all-bar one before getting into their PJs to watch The Crown. 
As ever with these two people gossiping about something podcasts, this really needs a producer and an editor. At least here, the boy and girl Britain American setup gives us some aural contrast and a couple of perspectives, even if it's still aimed at some wall Martians in Buttsville, Arizona. It still amazes me there are people in any country, anywhere, that have, quotes, kind of been waiting all week when the Duchess might appear at Wimbledon. But hey, apparently she did go to the tournament's kitchens to hull some strawberries, which sounds like a suitably royal verb. There's a discussion about her on-off mask wearing too. That segs into a much puffier piece about the Wellchild Awards. Omid's been to a number of these events with Carrie and Megan, and how this year their event for seriously ill children was timed to coincide with Harry being back in the UK and hanging with Ed Sheeran to talk fatherhood all of which sounds included to do little more than underline Omid's proximity to the royal couple. After a break, we're finally into the launch of the Diana statue, and it's a little bit flat. Omid wasn't expecting the three children representing the universality and generational aspect of Diana's work. There's no audio recorded at the event. Even if they couldn't have recorded there itself, this might have had a little more life to it if they turned on a recorder as soon as they were out of the unveiling. And it veers even more off course when Maggie reads out the brother's statement from the event. If you're looking for great coverage of the statue, can I direct you to The Guardian? There, a critic described it as flat, cautious realism, softened by a vague attempt to be intimate, making this a spiritless and characterless hunk of nonsense. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed. This week was royally obsessed from Pure Wow and Gallery Media Group and the AirPod from ABC News. I listen to these, so you don't have to. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.